live at Bar Canada inside the D Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Your dad is like freaking Ari on steroids. Yeah. That is the worst. No, I'm very aggressive. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm just out of control. That was my shot arm. I don't know why I just did that. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go with the D on a Monday. Bar Canada. So we're checking out NBA and Major League Baseball this afternoon, this evening. Lots of pre-draft talk throughout the week. Draft is on Thursday. Angels down here at Bar Canada. So is Adam Hill. It's Cofield back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's Ari. Uh, busy, busy weekend across the board, especially for one Adam Hill. So, your neighbor has a new RV. Correct. What is, is going on? I'm, I'm titillated by this. I'm intrigued. Uh, not only is it a new RV, and you have a pretty, like, even though you uh, you signed that 27-year million-dollar contract with the paper, uh, you still, you, you live at a, at a responsible level. So your neighborhood is, you know, the houses are a little bit close together. You start putting an RV in the mix, all of a sudden you could have traffic hell. So, well, it hasn't been too bad traffic. We've got a very quiet neighborhood for the most part. I mean, there's every once in a while there's some rowdiness, but pretty quiet. And, yeah, the next-door neighbor who I, I know people aren't really, like, neighborly necessarily in Vegas all the time. Uh, I literally wave to the person. When I park and he's outside. Like, that's the relationship. What's his name? (laughs) Come on. I know, right? Come on. I have never actually talked to the person. You know, you you pull in. If he's outside, you wave and you go in the house. That's how you you relate to neighbors. But I have noticed he got an RV. It's in the driveway of his place. He's got a, I'm going to assume, wife. It could just be an SO. I, I don't know. They've been, you know, they've always been together since they've been there. So I, I, I think it's a wife. And they are outside working on this RV. I'm going to say f- 12, 14 hours a day right now. Like they're working on the inside. They're cleaning it. They're like updating it. They're putting new things in it. Like they're clearly very proud of this thing. They're getting it ready to do some trip or something. I don't know because I haven't gone over to ask. But like every time I pull in now, I think. Yeah, I do the do wave. Get, hey, do, buddy. Do they give you the big wave back, though? Like oh, yeah. Almost like a wave and then turn it go. Come on over. Check out the project. No, but it is like it, it always is a, hey, what's up, buddy? And go in the house. What, okay, that's fine. That's the relationship. Do you have um, – does your mother use a garage or you use a garage? I don't use it. So you're outside. That's, that's rough, yeah. too. Yeah. Because it's hard. If you pull in the garage, like I have a neighbor – who I think does not want to speak to anyone. Okay. He's been pretty holed up for the entirety of the pandemic. Uh, the other day I saw him pull in because I never see the guy. I saw him pull in and I was, I was like running over. I'm like, I wanted to find out something. He got uh, his, uh, he had a repair in his house. Okay. And I was like, I might want to use that person. And I start to walk over and it's just like right in the garage, the door closed, out. Well, okay. So can you do that? That's kind of where, so. Who parks in the garage? Or you guys have, are you hoarding now like me and you have no room in your garage? I don't. No. Who parks in the garage? In mine? Yeah. Uh, the, my mom's car goes in there. Well, make her park on the street. She's, Not, got, she's got time. She can talk to the guy. You're in a bad position here. She may have. You're going to get caught in his net. I, I, it, it's not a net. I, I don't think there's any like pressure or anything like that. 
But Come I, on, I Linda. do keep looking over. Do Adam a solid. I do keep looking over and thinking to myself, this guy is clearly putting a lot of work into this thing. He probably in and my vision because I don't like see myself as a real human being. My vision is like old sitcoms and stuff, where like you would go say. Hey, neighbor, what are you working on? Like, yeah. that's what guys are. Let, let, let me look inside the RV. You're right, and you just hit on the point. That's what guys a, are supposed to do. A guy's guy in a neighborhood, you walk over, and you're like, huh, oh, okay, look at that. Yeah, and you don't, you don't like, you don't, you don't take over. You don't like, ah, hey, let me work on this. You're just like, hey, buddy, what do you got there? Like, and I'm sure he'd be very proud to be like, ah, oh, I got, you know, I'm putting a new oven. I'm doing whatever he's doing in the RV. I have no idea. But I think that's what guys are supposed to do. But I have, first of all, zero interest. But also, what on earth could I provide? Like, I think most usually you'd be like, oh, you know, I just saw, I just saw this new uh, tool. Like, maybe that would be helpful for this. I, 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 I wouldn't even know what a hammer looks like, so that wouldn't be helpful. But I, like, I, I feel like it's something I'm supposed to do. You probably should. Uh, zero interest. They, they literally. I got home late last night. They were out there working on this thing. I just left now to come to the show. Still working? Still working. What it's is going on? All day, every day, they're out there. You know what they should? They need to do a TikTok so I can see this. Okay. I've seen a couple of TikToks where people have bought, like, a, a van or kind of a fancy van and converted it into basically a little home. Like it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Ride. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. I mean, you can actually live in the van. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe these people are transitioning to living in this thing. I literally don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I should try to find out. Not because I'm, like, curious or, like investigating it like i feel like when you're doing that much work and you're doing it outside i think you're expecting at some point people to be like hey what's going on over there buddy no nobody's asked them i haven't seen anybody walk over there so the whole neighborhood no is I, like this i haven't seen anybody you know why that you know why that's funny because there are people there are people around town who will say stuff like hey you know <laughs> vegas is very neighborly like especially people from out of town who just move here and they're trying to you know trying to pitch you like hey this is a, this is a great town of neighbors like it really isn't it's not bad and we we bonded together some of us for one October but it was like that was a major event and then everyone kind of back to you just come home you pull in your house you close the garage and you're like yeah whatever the you know you kind of know who lives around you but maybe you're not best buddies with them yeah probably it's, not. it is different here I still think it's different here than most areas around the country which may be a good thing for you and I because. Especially you. You don't want to engage with no. your neighbors. And the last thing you want to do is snooping on whatever's going on in that halfway house you're running. That, that's fair. Uh, there's Just weird people in and out all the time. Like, I, don't, I, haven't even, I haven't even talked to you about your house in months. And you're giving me a look like, oh, you're not going to believe what's going on lately. Well, now what? I, I was very close to allowing a homeless family to move in this way. Oh, no. <laughs> it really is a halfway house. It is. You had a woman living in your closet. A yeah. fully functioning woman. Yeah. Through her own choice. Yeah. You threw a boot on her unintentionally. Like, I kicked my shoes off when I got home into the closet forgetting she was there. And, and she, she, she lived in that big space underneath the stairs. It, it's bigger than a closet. Sure. Yes, there's yeah. a, it's actually a nice little studio apartment. Not, not really. It's a little small. Uh, yes. But, yeah, there's random people living there. Uh, I do feel like I don't know if it's a Vegas thing, though. Like, I feel, I feel it's a, a generational societal thing. Like, you I think, think it's probably, more generational? Probably everywhere. Unless... You've, you're like in one of those communities where somebody's like the same family has owned the house for 70 years. Then maybe you know each other in the neighborhood. I don't think it's a Vegas thing. But also, here's the other one. The Nextdoor app has kind of <laughs> ruined all this too. Man. Like everybody knows what everybody's up to. 
Everybody knows what everybody's doing anyway. You well, don't every, have to talk to everyone. Them. Also, like, seems to feel like their neighborhood is the worst neighborhood in the world. So I think everyone's afraid to go out now. I yeah, and this is actually if you are that freaked out by that app, you actually should get to know your neighbors so you kind of can keep an eye out for each other, even if there really is nothing going on in the neighborhood. Probably, every, I probably. swear to God, every backfire, every backfire, gunshot. or it's you know gunshot. There's a gunshot every day. I do. Did I anyone do. hear that gunshot? Like, it might not have been a gunshot. Now in in, in my neighborhood, it probably is. We had a stabbing the other day, so that's fun. Uh, but I mean, you can. That's the kind. Of, I don't find that stuff on next door. I go, you know, you can find that in the newspaper on TV for the major stories. I haven't checked in a while, or radio, which is still a wonderful medium. True. Uh, I haven't checked in a while, but I imagine people on next door are probably talking about this person with their RV. Yeah, they're on. <laughs> I, should, I should. I should jump on there. That's where you get the skinny. Yeah, I should jump on there and, and see if anybody's mentioning it or talking about it, or maybe he's maybe he's posting updates. Like, hey, here's what I'm working on, just so you guys know or, and are aware. I don't know. Like, I, I and I'm also not judging. Like, I, this guy's doing whatever he's doing. It's great. Like, I'm not like, why is this guy? Because I see that all the time. Why is this guy always working on his RV? Who, who cares? Well, let him work on his RV. People get all mad about that kind of stuff. Oh, this guy's working on his car 22 hours a day. Like, okay, good. Let him. Like, what are you people worried about? I, I, and I, that's the other thing. I feel like if I go over there and, like, check on this guy, he'll think, like, Oh, what are you mad that I'm out here working all the time? Like, no, I'm just I feel like I'm supposed to. Why do you go through like 38 scenarios of what could happen instead of just doing it? Because I uh, why overthink it? It's just going to say hi to your neighbor. No, uh, because this could happen, that could happen. He could course. think this. I'm thinking this. Oh, the wife could think this. The other neighbors could think this. That's how I, I might have to do this, 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 this in the future. That's literally every decision I, I know. Make. I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. Um, all right, I want to talk about neighbors coming out. The the Raiders' neighbors in the AFC West okay. are starting to piss me off. And if I were a Raiders fan, I'd, I'd be getting pissed off at the Raiders. So we went into the weekend with a major story, and we're coming out of it now in draft week, and you're like, oh, the Chiefs don't have a first-round pick. I wonder what they did with their first-round pick. Well, as it turns out, somehow a team with seemingly eight or nine guys who make more than 10 mil a year just shored up their left tackle position Probably for the next five years, at least. Yeah. How is this continuing to happen, Adam? How can some teams, and if you didn't say it, the Chiefs moved their first-round pick for Orlando Brown, who was with the Ravens, highly touted guy. And now it looks like that line that was a friggin' disaster, and then it was, you know, it was beat up going in. Uh, both guys are out of football right now. Eric Fisher's out. I don't know what's going on with Schwartz. If he's in, out, I don't know. But they go out and get a high-quality left tackle, when they already have all these high-dollar players on the roster. And then we hear from other teams like, well, you can't have, can't have too many of those high-dollar guys. Really? It never stops the Chiefs. Well, in fairness, Orlando Brown is still on his rookie deal. Uh, but, but, but if you trade a first to get him, you're planning on paying him. He's there. This is not a rent-a-player for a first-round pick. So they're going to get a deal done. You would think so, yeah, for sure. Although they let's, – let's also say, and this is, this is kind of an indictment on everybody else – they didn't really give up anything. Like, they they traded down from first to second round, essentially. Like, basically what they gave up is a future second for this for this trade, which is insane. When you factor everything that's going back and forth between the teams, didn't have to give up a whole lot. They get a guy who, you know, you would hope to get a guy that good with your first-round pick if you drafted a tackle. There'd be no certainty of that. In fact, likely you wouldn't. So you get a really, really good tackle that you would expect to sign long-term uh, for that pick. It's crazy, 
but it's also it's it's great what they've done. Like if you can figure this out and how to get all these guys under contract, good on you. Now the assumption is, hey, listen, this year you had to get down to a, a lower number and you have to pay a bunch of guys the next couple of years. That's fine because the cap is going to go up quite a bit and you should still be able to get these guys assigned. Uh, but at some point it catches up to you. But if you really want to go in, this is how you do it. You put some salaries off. You, you know, finagle some things here and there. You ask some guys to take cuts. And you figure out a way to just get the guys on the field. And maybe you have to pay the price four, five, even six, seven years from now. But it's been a great job by them. So that was a story that started the weekend. It's still a story coming out of the weekend as we get ready for the draft. The other story going into the weekend locally is Robin Leonard against the NHL. Yes, the Knights did play over the weekend. We'll get into that. We're going to talk some hockey today. We have to, right? We're at Bar Canada. It's our big-time local team that demands winning and always seems to be able to work their salary cap to add players if they need to. But Robin Leonard against the NHL continues. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Petrangelo to neutralize. Two on one for the Knights. Carlson again. Got it to Marcia So And a big save. Rebound. And it is... Not in the goal. Carlson, oh, it is in the it's goal. Carlson gets this damn with a backhand. Will Carlson, in fact, did score on an incredible follow-up. Hanging at Bar Canada inside the D, it's Cofield and Company. All right, rolling on Monday, the D, Bar Canada. Adam, you were covering some UFC, I know that, on Saturday. Well, you weren't there. No. So I'm sure you are keeping an eye on what was going on with VGK. Yeah. Uh, this is starting to get laughable against the bottom of the division. Well, the entire I – mean, it's not just them either. Uh, if you look around the, N- the NHL, uh, it's pretty crazy. Only three teams have clinched playoff spots in the NHL so far. All three are in the Honda division. That's the West, the West division that the Knights are in. Because three teams have just so taken off from the rest of the division. There's like a 20-point gap from third place down to fourth place. So those three teams have all clinched. And the bottom of the division is basically just punching bags. Uh, and none of them look like they really want to you know, be that team that emerges. They all just keep getting beat consistently. And uh, somebody's going to have to step up, uh, be it St. Louis or Arizona or even San Jose, who's like six points out right now. Um, one of them is going to have to get hot and make a run at the end of the year here and, and claim that spot. But right now, those top three teams are just running away with things. What do you think of the time off? Is it a good time for a break? They get enough health issues where you're like, all right, they can get on the mend, or where you, they're so freaking hot yeah. that you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. Let's keep playing. I mean, I think it's one of those things that we determine based on how they respond, how they come back from it. If, if they keep playing well, uh, we'll say, hey, that was a good time to have a time off where you got to – you know, you got to get healthy, you got to take a little break, uh, you got to rest a little bit and uh, keep it going. And if they lose, then we'll probably come out and say, ah, that, that really ruined their momentum to have those days off. I, I think that's one of those things you, uh, you, you guess in retrospect. But um, I, I'm sure they're, they're happy uh, to have a little, couple days off at this point of the season when it's been such a hectic schedule to get some rest has to be nice. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the way they were playing – uh, every time the puck dropped, they just thought they were going to win. And so you don't really want to take days off at that point. And it is important, as we just said, since three teams are running away with this division, getting first place is kind of important because you don't have to play one of those other two teams. You get to play the, whoever sneaks in as the fourth seed. So uh, that's what you want to do. That's why this, the, the, the winner of the division is in a very good spot. 
Is there a clear-cut best in the three? With I the mean, Knights, with the Wild, with the Abs? Knights are playing the best right now. Uh, I, th- I still think the Avalanche are the best team, but they've had two long breaks, and they haven't come out of this one, uh, this last pause, too well. So the Knights are the, are the best team right now. They might be the best team in the NHL right now. They're playing out of their minds. Uh, but I think when everybody is is full, fully at full strength and, and in a rhythm and, and not having pauses and that sort of thing, uh, Colorado is, is absolutely right there. I think it's tough to say one team is significantly better than the other. Is the time off a good cooling off period for one Robin Leonard? I mean, I, I don't know that he has to cool off. He seems... No, I mean, I don't mean from a play standpoint. I mean off the ice. And what came out last week where he went at the NHL and he's like, you know, this is bullcrap. We were promised we get the shot. Some of the restrictions are going to be eased, and they have not eased the restrictions because other teams can't get out of the COVID deal. There's a lot here. And Leonard's pissed. Like, he followed up on it on Friday and was like, basically, like, I, I do not want to be called a liar. Yeah. Uh, Go back it, to the beginning and explain it to the audience. It's not in on what happened. So Robin Leonard took advantage of kind of his, his off-day media availability last week by just kind of opening up and saying uh, how frustrated he is. Uh, how frustrated a lot of people are that haven't been speaking out and and how difficult this time has been uh, for a lot of people, especially with, um, you know, mental health issues that they've dealt with in the past. And and that he was under the impression that the players were promised significant changes once vaccinations happened. And he's saying, hey, we're all vaccinated now on this team. Like, let's ease the restrictions. Let's go. Let's let's enable us to go out to dinner with each other which we can't do right now. Like, let's at least let us out of our hotel rooms every once in a while. The league's response so far in the NHLPA has been, hey, listen, until all the teams are in the same position, it's a competitive advantage issue to say some teams can go out and, and be normal again and some teams can't. So until everybody's in the same spot, we can't be there. And his the thing that's really being picked up on is he said we were promised. And it seems like the league and the NHLPA are saying, well, it was discussed – Nothing was ever actually promised. And he went on social media the other day and just posted um, a picture of the NBA's policy changes that they've made for vaccinated players. And he said, I just make things up, I guess. Like, he's, he's basically saying, listen, I didn't just invent this. This was a discussion that was had. This is something that we thought was going to happen. Um, the promise thing might be, you know, up for debate. But he, he is basically saying, like, where are the changes that were supposed to happen when all these vaccinations happened, which a lot of the country is saying the same thing. And I think in the next 24 hours, we're going to see major changes there. Like? Um, well, like the, a, lot of the, a lot of the distancing guidelines and mass mandates and things for vaccinated people are going to change from the CDC in the next 24 hours. And I imagine that might be a, a precipice for the NHL to say, okay, well, if those rules are changing, maybe it's time to, for us to look at our our vaccination rules. And again, like it's been a whole battle. But the reason they couldn't just turn everybody loose that was vaccinated is because it would be a, a deluge of businesses trying to figure out how to deal with that. Right. So they had to they had to kind of wait a little bit, and now it's going to happen. So maybe the NHL will see the they'll see the light well, as well on that. How about within the league? Why are there players who are still not vaccinated? Or is this a thorny subject that you know that extends to general society? Do the NHL? talk about vaccinations and incentivizing it and then realize that maybe a good 50% or more of the league doesn't want to take the shot. Possibly. Shots. And, and I, you know, I, I think it was... Leonard did slip in there. He's like, they make us get the shot. Like, whoa, whoa, you make? Yeah, I, th- I think what he was saying is they made us do it by telling us we'd be able right. to, 
to be the spot. Not that they forced it. Not that they mandated it necessarily. Do you think they? But they dangled they, out. They, they laid out the the uh, incentivization, and then many people around the league still didn't do it. And then they're like, "Oh crap! We thought like seventy percent would do it, or seventy five percent would do it, and then we'll have enough that the incentivization would work." And then they're like, "Oh crap! We can't do it." What, do you know possible. anything about how much of the league is vaccinated? No, I mean that's that's medical information that they really wouldn't share necessarily. Um, but yeah, I think that that is the issue is that some teams are definitely at a lower level than others. Like, have the Avs not gotten vaccinated? Well, you think they'd have natural vaccination at this point? Um, seems like everybody there has had it. Uh, not, I don't mean natural vaccination; I mean natural immunity. But uh, yeah, it's. Listen, I think I think the NHL it's it's a weird place because their issue they're not saying that that you know anything about the people that are vaccinated they're basically just saying hey not every team is in the same situation so we can't allow some teams to do things and others not to which is fair like from their perspective they're not looking at this necessarily in a medical sense they're looking at it more in a um, in a competitive sense and that's how leagues are supposed to operate but it's it's a mess, and you know Robin Leonard pointed it out, and it's tough to disagree with a lot of what he said. Quick time out here. We're going to be joined by uh, Derek Stevens, the guy who owns this place, the D, and Bar Canada and Circa. We'll get all the news about what's going on downtown and his businesses and his general takes on the reopening of Vegas. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Live at Bar Canada inside the D Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Bar Canada, you heard it. Show number seven here. No VGK tonight because the game got moved. We had some uh, movement. But we're back next week. Another VGK game to get you ready for in the evening. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Derek Stevens, the owner of the place, just, just walking through. How you doing, guys? Good to see you. <laughs> you too, sir. We're good. We're real good. I'm usually uh, walking by, and I see you guys doing uh-huh. this at Bar Canada. I'm checking out the book real quick. And, uh, yeah, first time out with you guys here. This is great. I love Thank it. You. I love it. Now the setup's, oh, setup's awesome. awesome. So what would you do this weekend? I saw some uh, photos. I think you were hanging with one of our buddies, uh, Cody Decker. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, out at the, I think it was at the uh, the Circle Pool. So busy weekend for no, you? No, no, not pool. What was it? Stadium swim, my Stadium friend. Stadium swim? There you go. Adam's yeah. Don't ever insult it by calling it a pool. You're not calling no. it a pool. <laughs> That's right, right. It's a venue, Stadium swim. Yeah, we had uh, yeah, we had a couple of big days up there uh, Friday and Saturday, and then uh, Sunday we tried to recover a little bit, and we're still in recovery mode on this Monday. I love it. I love it. What was the, what was the genesis of Stadium? Who came up with the idea? Was that your idea? Because, I mean, as, as it's turned out, it's fabulous. You know, this is one of those things that uh, everybody's seeing it kind of for the first time. But, you know, our downtown Las Vegas event center right here behind the D, we uh, we ran events, we ran concerts, watch parties, and then uh, one day we had a crazy idea. Let's go buy a pool. We put a pool out there, and everybody wanted to jump in. Yeah, that's right. And it really wasn't a hell of a lot more than that. So, But uh, we wanted to have something with great clarity, you know, 143-foot screen. Everybody likes hanging out outside. I think people like to spend a little more money outside. It's just it's just fun. The, the, the sunshine in Vegas is great. The, the, the night times in Vegas are great. We throw a little sports and music up there, and we all came together. You mentioned the uh, the downtown event center. We're getting closer. 
Yeah. Get closer to people out here. When are we going to start seeing like things like that again, like shows outside? Oh God, we got uh, we currently have seventy five gigs lined up oh, uh, on the calendar right now, but of, of which you know none of which we can uh, announce yet because it just depends upon where we go with the restrictions. So everybody's excited about this uh, Monday. I'm sorry, this Saturday, May one. Uh, restrictions uh, loosen up a little bit, and then uh, you know sometime hopefully before June first, we'll be ready to roll. We go to 80%? Is that what it is? 80% on on the Saturday of the Kentucky Derby, and then 100% once uh, the vax rate gets up over 60% in the county. So hopefully before June 1. Good on. It's going to be good. No, uh, we talked about, like, you've got Stadium Swim, which awesome. It incorporates a pool with sports. You've got Bar Canada here, cool sports bar. You tend to merge sports with a lot of the stuff that you do. Like, why, why do you think that, that marriage is so good, Vegas and sports and everything that you do? Well, A, I like sports, and B, I don't know anything about paintings. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know where else to go with it, but, uh, but if, I had to, if I had to do a museum, I, we'd be in trouble, man. I, I can't bring that level of culture, but I, I, I can drink a little bit of sports and fun. That's awesome. Derek Stevens is with us. We're at the D. We're at Bar Canada getting ready for the sports slate tonight. So I, I just wanted to ask you in general, what do you think of – what we got going on around town. Uh, let's address downtown first in terms of the opening and, you know, what's on tap the rest of the year because I think people are going to be incredibly fired up. We're seeing it already. Once we get to 100%, people are like, you know, animals just trying to get out and spend money and do stuff. Yeah, I mean, I really ever since Super Bowl weekend, I mean, bookings have been good. Every weekend's gotten stronger and stronger. You know, people are uh, they're coming out of their cage. I mean, people are uh, people are uh, very very uh, aggressive and excited to come to Las Vegas. I can tell you, for me in my 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 15 year Vegas career, I've never seen bookings like what I've seen in the last 10 weeks. I mean. We're booking at 130% of hotel occupancy here through the rest of the year. So demand is going to be through the roof. Um, I, I do think that, you know, for some people that um, uh, didn't want to go out, they, they were very focused on getting a vaccination. And I think, you know, once you did that, you, you want to go see family members and you want to go on a trip. And Vegas is at the top of the list. Um, you know, then you have the other half of people that really never cared about getting a vaccine. They've been coming the whole time. So. <laughs> right. The Vegas is really a melted pot of everything, and uh, I think what you're seeing is everything's really kind of becoming unleashed. I think this is going to be an epic year of entertainment, an epic year coming up for football. I mean, you know, we think with our football contest, it's going to be something with so many people that we didn't get to hit last year. They're right. going to come out this year, so so we're uh, we're excited about it. I think Vegas is going to going to really really get strong here in the third and fourth quarter. Tell the audience about the football contest because now we're a little removed from it. Because for a while there, you were like, man. I- you guys are laying out a lot of money, and you might not get you know enough entries in, and then at the end, it just freaking blew up. Yeah, you know, we marketed this overlay the last couple of years, and and it looked like an overlay uh, in in both our first and second year until uh, until you get this you know this big storm of people coming here towards uh, towards that last week or so. And uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of what happens when you put a guarantee out there, you know. And uh, <laughs> um, we're we're uh, we're anxiously awaiting uh, our announcement for the new uh, circus uh, survivor and the circus sports millions, but. Uh, we're waiting until uh, until the schedule uh, schedule gets released. You know, we can't really do too much until May twelfth, uh, particularly with Survivor because it does impact the rule sets and things like that. Right. And, uh, and and yeah, we really think that uh, this year for football contests is going to be a, a, a big blowout year. You like betting? Yeah, you always did. Yes, but now essentially, you know, we got the book right behind us. Isn't that kind of your betting? Well, you, you know it is. A lot of people ask me that. I mean, I I, I love still going out and making a play here and there, but. Uh, but yeah, it changes. I mean, at my level of betting personally, 
Well, it gets a little bit difficult when Matt Metcalf or, or Chris Bennett or Jeff Benson send me a text saying, hey, we're long 200000 on this particular game. And if I'm sitting on the other side, I'm like, oh, man, I'm already ripping up my ticket because I'm rooting for the house. I, I also feel, though, that you're a different sort of owner in terms of the sports book because I think there are a lot of owners, and especially when it starts to get you know big in corporate, who micromanage the book and, and don't want to you know take positions and – and be super player friendly because you guys are. So why is your attitude different that way? Because there are other folks who are they're nervous every day. I would tell you, like the the thing, uh, uh, the great thing I think we end up doing is bringing in Metcalf, and, and he he developed a great staff. And we talk about things in advance, and and uh, most of the time they they kind of work out, but sometimes they don't. You know, like I'll use a I'll use a big example being uh, this year's Super Bowl. So I, I really wanted to post. You know, we posted during the uh, on Championship Sunday what the Super Bowl odds would be, and we had a risk profile going in. How much? How much are we willing to lose on one side? How much are you willing to lose on the other? Because it, it's a big deal if you move a half a point. You know, you could put yourself in a position to get incited. If you move a point, you could get middled, which is the the the, the thing that I really wanted to do everything possible to avoid. And uh, and you know, I think we went in we went in with a pretty good game plan. Now. Come come the Friday before, come the Friday before uh, before Super Bowl. You know, all of a sudden the money comes in and starts coming in a little heavy in Kansas City. Saturday was like I, I thought we had every every cab and Uber directly driving from Kansas City because we didn't see any Tampa money, and we went in well over our our, our uh, pr- projected risk profile. It worked out this year. It did it our first year doing this, but uh, but you know you try to lay out a game plan and, and you try to stick with it as best you can. Why is it you think you know other other properties, especially corporate properties, have kind of looked at the sports book as like, well, it, it's here, we've got it. It hasn't been like a, a, a centerpiece, a showpiece for for you. Like clearly, it was with building the new spot and, and what you guys did with the book there. But why is it that some of the corporate spots are just like that's not our thing? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that are a hell of a lot smarter than me. That's why you look through all the real estate, you see slot machines all over the place, right? <laughs> so we spent a little more of our square footage on sports. I, I've always been one that, you know, from the time I started coming to Las Vegas, I've always thought sports was something where it brings people together. And uh, once once they're together, well, maybe they'll go play a slot machine. Maybe they'll go eat a little something, have something to drink. And I've always thought of sports more as a driver for our businesses as opposed to just a secondary amenity. That's Derek Stevens with us. We're down at the D. What's your opinion on the return so far with sports gambling going as national as it is? And now you got new competitors. And you got new competitors like DraftKings and FanDuel. We'll, we'll get to a partnership with DraftKings in a little bit. But you got new competitors who do things differently than Vegas does. I don't know that Vegas was always about – those two companies seem to be about gaining loyalty and customer acquisition. And they'll do anything they can. So I just want to know what – your opinion is on where the the book business is going and what's happened the last couple of years yeah i mean i think like like just like the casino industry in vegas i i, I think uh you know everyone has their own niche and you got to focus in on who your customer is what what the niche is you know for us in sports uh you know we like to take we like to take professional action we like to take bigger bets um we utilize that information and what we'll, we'll uh we'll take maybe a little bit more risk it, and I'm not saying our model's better. I'm not saying it's worse. It's just I think everyone has a little bit of a different model, different target market. Um, so far, I like the path that we're going down. And uh, and and you know, at the same point, you know, I I just say that you're looking at the look at the budget the DraftKings spends on marketing. It's stunning. You know, I mean, they're they're putting a lot of money out there for customer acquisition, and uh, and that could be great. You know, for us, obviously, we're going to let our product uh, kind of talk and kind of speak for itself, and uh, we're going to kind of go from there. You know, we're in. Uh, 
we're in we're in Nevada. We're in uh, Colorado, soon to be uh, opening up here in Iowa, and working on a couple of other states, kind of doing our own thing. Well, speaking of marketing, though, I I know the answer to this, but because I've seen it, but just tell people how exciting it is for you. Ninth innings at Petco, like oh, uh, you guys have the huge ad in the ninth inning behind the behind the plate, and to just see that every night when they're playing, how cool is that for you? Oh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, you know, we, we we ended up picking a team that uh, that's one of the top two top two teams in baseball this year, and uh, you know, you got some great young talent there. That's a lot of fun, and uh, and um, yeah, you know, we thought we got a good pretty good little value here on the on the marketing side of things and it shows up every every home game in the ninth inning so it's pretty cool i love like just the when a pitcher takes too long to throw the pitch and he's just standing there looking at the, <laughs> and you're, you're like yes yeah. more, more time on screen this is great i think i think i was with you one night and i'm yeah. sitting at the end of the bar all we're doing <laughs> yeah. is another ball another yeah. ball walk, walk. Yeah. we got a 57 pitch ninth <laughs> inning <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome but but it's got i mean it's just i just think it's cool to see like you created this to have it like show up in different, and you know that's obviously a marketing thing that you guys are doing. But to just see your logo and your brand and things like that showing up, it just it's just got to be a cool feeling. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to the Padres. They uh, they took us on and they made us a pitch. We countered back with a couple things, and uh, we came to an agreement. So it was cool. Derek Stevens with us, owner of the D Circa, the guy who's uh, basically rebuilt downtown and done an awesome job at it. Uh, we mentioned before he came on the Tigers. My God. Struggling. What is happening? I, you know, I was uh, saying to someone off the air the other day, I'm like, I just, like, when are they going to turn the corner? How, how can you be this mediocre or below mediocre for this long? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. They got Riley Green and uh, Spencer Torkelson down in the minors. Looks like they're not going to bring them up. Uh, may not even bring them up uh, until they get past their service time window until May of next year. And now now they're really riding on, on, on some of these young guys with a veteran. I mean, Boyd's pitching all right this year. But uh, it's really going to be Spencer Turnbull, Matt Manning, uh, Casey Mize, Fiedo when he comes back next year. So they got all these first-round They have five first-round draft picks that are early first-round draft picks uh, from the pitching side. just depends if that pans out. So they, they keep guys down. A lot of teams do this. A lot of organizations do this. Keep guys down to kind of, you know, push off the start of their clock. How would you feel if you were an owner of the Tigers or whoever in baseball and you're part of this, you're part of a big club, but it's kind of a conservative club, and then you've also got the backdrop of, like, the owner's concern against the players' association concern. I know this is like hardcore stuff, but I, you're the guy who does what he wants as a casino operator. I can't imagine you going into baseball and you're like, wait, I have to wait because everyone else waits? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the one thing we've seen here in the last 15 years that's really changed in sports is, is, is when uh, a professional sports franchise kind of throws in the towel and goes to this term called rebuild. When you go to rebuild, everything changes. We've seen this now. We, I don't know that you see it in the NFL that much, but you're certainly seeing it in hockey. You're certainly seeing it in baseball, and it's a big commitment. You're going to own, own a professional team and uh, make a determination in advance that you're going to you're going to stink for four or five years, and then you still have to sell the sell the team mm-hmm. and the tickets to your to your home base. How do you do that? It's pretty tough. It's pretty pretty tough. You know. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 one of those it's one of those loopholes that that frankly, from a design perspective, just, you wish it just wasn't there because it pits the team against what's going to be one of your future players. It just sets up a bad environment. Pits the team against your customer too. Yeah, I agree. the customers are like, wait, we got to wait four or five years, and then and then when you don't make all the right moves, you're like, we we have to start again. Right. <laughs> this right, is not right. good. Of all the sports. And maybe you have plans of buying into Major League Sports in the future, right? You, you had uh, the AAA team here. Of all the sports, what would you think is the coolest sport to be an owner in? 
Uh, well, yeah, that'd be a tough one. I mean, for me, I, I, I have to say it, I have a bias. It would be baseball because I love baseball the most. You know, I think baseball is a, just a great sport. I mean, I, I enjoyed this this Dodgers Padres series, oh. you know, both at, at Petco and then at Chavez Ruby. I mean, I, I thought it was just this was playoff baseball in April. So I'm biased. For me, it's a baseball thing. Would you want to be part of the NFL? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I don't. Wait, wait, I don't like to dream. I, that, that, that's big time stuff, man. I, I, I'm down here in Bar Canada that's with big, you guys. That's big time people. stuff. Well, we could we could have said you probably could have said that ten years ago about about what you were working on. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I I think uh, baseball is pretty cool. I mean, I, I love seeing what uh, what Bill Foley and some of his partners have done over with Golden Knights. I mean, I've, I've always thought that Las Vegas was uh, a community that was ready for professional sports teams. I thought that. Way back when, you know, with, with the AAA 51s, I thought Vegas was ready. And Vegas is also a unique market in as much as Vegas has high demand from road uh, road team fans. You know, if you're if you're a Red Wing fan, you're going to go visit, see a game on the road. You're probably going to, you know, you might be able to drive to Columbus, but but you'd rather come to Vegas. You know, and yeah. if you're a Chicago fan, you're going to want to come here. I think you're going to see something. You're going to see something just absolutely crazy this year with uh, that extra home game that the Raiders have, with them playing the Bears. You're going to have, I mean, we were talking to the chief marketing officer of Allegiant. He's going to have probably eight extra flights just for that weekend coming out of Midway to to out here. They may not be able to get to the game, but they're going to want to be out in Vegas to see the Bears play the Raiders. I was going to ask you what you guys must, this discussion must have begun here, right, at your properties, like, doesn't have to be Detroit related. Like, how do we take advantage of these you know nine fan bases coming to town? Absolutely, right? <laughs> yes. I'm excited for that smile. We've had a lot of meetings. Like, Absolutely. Imagine, imagine if Derek was like, "Really?" That's why there's a lot to this schedule release May 12th. I'm telling you, May 12th at night, we're cranking it out from a marketing perspective, a hotel perspective, event perspective, football contest perspective. May 12th is a real big day. Timing matters, right? When the different teams are coming, different fan bases are coming. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. Actually, when when do you need the most help? Like when, like you know, if the Bears were coming in December, that would probably be a good thing, right? Because be December thing, is better yeah. than it used to be. Yeah, December, but it's not the best. No, out of a football season, September through December. December is the slowest month in Vegas. So yeah, we're kind of hoping for uh, hoping for three games in December. I think that's probably what's going to happen. And here with this additional game. Remember that uh, that last game uh, into January kind of changes the dynamic a little bit as well. Wild card weekend, that'll be a great weekend, but now that's the second weekend in January. You uh, you mentioned the Golden Knights. I know you're uh, you're a fan. You love getting out there watching the games. But what if the Golden Knights are in the Stanley Cup final, late June, early July? What will Stadium Swim look like? <laughs> I think we're going to have a heck of a heck of a morning event, then we're going to turn it into an incredible watch party here. So uh, I think uh, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, it's going to be a lot of – there's not going to be a lot of places like this to be able to watch playoff hockey. So uh, we're excited about it. Did you have a place you showed the fights over the weekend, the UFC fights? Yeah, we did. You know, the, <laughs> we have this phase two of Circa. We've got some shelled-out space where we're going to put a ballroom and things like that. And, uh, yeah, we decided to utilize it. Um, and we utilized it a week ago on right. that Jake Paul fight just to try it out. And then uh, people showed up, which I was surprised. And then uh, this last weekend, we, uh, we, uh, we did a pay-per-view up there for, uh, um, for, for the fights. And uh, um, we did a 250-person package. We weren't sure it was going to sell. And then an hour and a half before, uh, 
were sold out, and we had to turn around, uh, turn turn over 110 people. We couldn't let in. So, wow. so it was uh, it was pretty cool. So we're calling it the Fight Warehouse. I saw that. It's uh, it's it's unfinished. It's a big concrete unfinished <laughs> space, but the acoustics are great, and uh, we put a little temporary bar up there and everything like that. It's just right above where you can make a bet. So it's cool. Do you need something bigger than that uh, for the McGregor fight? Would you think? Could you do it? Well, across re- the street. Well, remember the one thing about our fight warehouse; it holds about eleven hundred people, and okay. we just limited it to two fifty because the restrictions right. here still in April are what they are. So by the time the McGregor fight goes, we plan on having a little more capacity. Oh boy! I, I will say on a side note about Circa, you did a great job selecting your uh, your food places. Like oh. the, the, the all the all the spots are tremendous for you know for people that are looking to, to have a meal. Can't recommend all of them enough. It's, it's awesome over there. I appreciate that, Adam. Yeah, yeah we we had to try to you know you kind of try to get the right balance, the right mixture of this and that, and uh, yeah, so far it's worked out great. What's your favorite? Ah, uh, you know, it's, I can't say that because it just depends. <laughs> so, insult, I, lo- I love the, the I love the wings at, at, at Victory Burger. I I, I love Eight East. I love Berry Steakhouse. Zingerman's uh, Saginaw's uh, has been has been great. So yeah, I don't really have a favorite. I I but I'm but I'm eating there often. Good deal. Derek Stevens with us. Um, Let's close on this. I want to go back to some of the betting stuff for a second. Um, you're part of VSIN, a big part. You know? Yeah. So, what's the future hold for VSIN? I know they use this set here. You've got your studio at Circa. What is the new partner ad, and where are you guys going with this? Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we we built the television studio with VSIN, and uh, yeah, the lease is such that they have to do at least 50 hours of live programming a week. So that goes on. Um, we use this uh, this area here. Obviously, this is more of an outdoor area where the crowd noise jumps into it, you know, and things like that. But uh, but you know, DraftKings came in and uh, made made the boys at Visa a pretty good offer. Uh, uh, truly, an offer they could have refused. We we were we were um, supportive of it completely because we thought that that was going to give uh, you know Visa and brand a little more exposure. DraftKings said they want to let Visa continue to. Uh, be run and managed by Brian uh, Musburger and uh, and Bill Lady, and we're going to continue to do our thing. For us, it gets us a little more exposure, so uh, I'm pretty happy about it. Some of the guys got a pretty big, pretty good uh, payout, so they're they're walking around pretty happy too. You like doing radio? I love doing radio. Yeah. I love doing. It. Yeah, oh, you're you're a host. You're, you're you're helping us out today as a guest. You're like you're like one of the guys. I'm, I'm always a guest here. I, I don't I don't do a lot of scripts here. You guys make it easy. I can tell you that. That's awesome. Uh, you know, last one, Bar Canada has been open for a while, but what, what was the, the idea here? Because, you know, you had, you had a lot of space here, and you decide again to go with the sports team. Yeah, the whole thing about Bar Canada, this, this will, re, re, you know, go back to regress to something I said 10 minutes ago. You know, I think there's a lot of smart guys around town, but I opened up a bar that got shut down two days two days <laughs> after after the governor shut the place down, and now we're targeting a market that can't fly to Las Vegas. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that Bar Canada turns yeah. into something great. It's, it's going to be our big hockey bar. This is really it's really a hockey bar that we wanted to do. Yeah. All the Canadian beers, and uh, you know, it's really really some place where uh, we really wanted to t- target hockey and, uh, and and a visitation spot for our Canadian visitors to Las Vegas. You guys are going to kill it on the NFL draft, right? Well, I don't know if you're going to kill it in terms of winning, but uh, you guys uh, have so many betting opportunities. There, there should be a good crowd here Thursday and Friday just at Circa and the D just to watch the draft and bet it and, and also on the app. Yeah, I just got a report. It looks like uh, the Circa Sportsbook, I think they only got a couple of booths left and everything, so the demand is really high. The, the, the whole purpose for us doing this was I talked to uh, Matt and I said, you know, we really got to be prepared for next year. Next year, when the draft comes to Las Vegas, there's going to be so much demand for that. So let's use this year as a trial. Get creative. Put put a few things out there. 
Uh, and he put more than a few things out there. I think we're going to – I think uh, <laughs> based upon the handle, it's going to be great. Um, I would tell you, if there was ever a positive EV event for a player, it's uh, it's getting in on this. I mean, these lines you are put crazy. Up a, you put up 100 individual over-under props. Yeah, the reality is, is we're going to get smoked. I mean, that's just <laughs> – I didn't want to say it, but, we're like, gonna yeah, get but it's fun for the player. I mean, when you see something going from minus 140 to minus 600, I mean, it's, this and yeah, is well, I think we, you've had players move from, like, over under 170 to over under 80. Yeah. I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm just. Uh, yeah. I Yeah. We're learning. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're learning. <laughs> we're learning. No, we're happy we did it. We're, we're excited about what we're going to, you know, about the handle and the volume and then, you know, really getting ready for, uh, I think next year is going to be something pretty special in Las Vegas with the draft coming here. Good deal. Anything else, Adam? I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Is there Was there a, a draft prop that you liked? Something that you liked that you saw that you were like, oh, this is interesting? Um, nah, the, all I'm really rooting for is for the Lions to trade their first-round pick and pick up a, four more first-rounders. That's pretty much what I can do as a <laughs> yeah. Lions fan. It's good. Right? Trade down. Yeah, I'm a Jets fan. I'm, I'm, I'm in the two-hole, and I'm like, I wish they could trade back. I wish they would trade back. Yeah, well, you're pretty well locked up now here, it seems like. It's the three, it's the three spot that's gone crazy now. What do you think of Zach Wilson? Uh, Zach Wilson. So you, you mean your new Jets quarterback? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you, I would. Ra- I'd rather trade back. I'd rather take the guy. Well, the Lions don't need a quarterback, but I'd rather take the the fifth quarterback or fourth quarterback. Yeah. and get more draft stock. But I think they're in love with Wilson. So it is what it is. So it's gonna be fun. There's a lot of props. <laughs> There's a lot There's of props. A lot of props. Yeah, I'm excited. A lot yeah. of opportunities. To right there. Hey, one thing, yeah, one yeah. thing. Public service announcement. I think everyone has to know what time props shut down. Remember, oh. there's a special. Rule in Nevada, you know, props get locked locked up. I should have known that before coming in, but I think it's, I think it's twenty four hours before. I think it was at five or six o'clock yeah. on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Is that what it is? Yep. Yep. Twenty four hours out. Yep. Very important. Get your money down. That's get right. Your money down now and get sign the up. App. Yeah, yeah sign up. App. Sign up for the app and use the Circa app. So, Derek, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you much. There Take you go, care. Derek Stevens. We uh, go to the break. We'll uh, get into uh, Adam's interesting weekend with uh, one Mr. Dana White. <laughs> Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.